0: to a new way of being, being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: care not only requires food, water, and exercise. A well-rounded human being needs quality time spent aligning their overall spirit, eliminating stress, finding joy, and holding on to happiness. Being grateful and taking stock of what's meaningful should take center stage. Having your head in the game and feeling your best doesn't have to be a constant, all-consuming struggle. Sometimes we have to take a step back to move forward. Change is never easy, but self-care and the positive changes it could bring about are worth exploring. Self-care is not a chore. Put value on your health and lose the guilt we associate with self-care. Taking a walk, seeing a movie, reading a book, and just breathing creates a focus on your needs and gives them value, says Ellen Postolovsky. In this episode, Valeria Tellis interviews Ellen Postolovsky on self-care, self-love, lifestyle transformation, mindful eating, and thoughts in between. Ellen has spent most of her career assisting my clients with changes needed to implement and succeed in establishing a healthier lifestyle. Her personal struggle with food, illness, and leading a more fulfilling life led her on this path. 25 years in the culinary world, an honours graduate at the Augusta Escoffier School of Culinary Arts, in addition to certification at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, has elevated that experience and passion for helping those that are ready for change. Finding the mind-body connection is equally as important as to what's on your plate. A back-to-basics approach, common sense, commitment to that lifestyle, consistency, and being accountable is Ellen's outline offer. There is not a cure-all solution that works for everyone. Reclaiming yourself with Ellen's support can provide solutions that make for lifelong changes. Here is the interview with Ellen Postolowski.
0: In your own words, who is Ellen Postolowski? I, Ellen Postolowski,
2: I am the daughter of two very hardworking people. Yeah. I think that I, I've i always been a caregiver. I love to cook. I love to do things, help people. The cooking became my, was always my passion. It became my my career. I think that as I've gotten older, it has evolved into a passionate career, which right. I think is important to realize and to nurture. So, at this point in my life, I, that's what is making me happy mm-hmm. and it's still helping and it's still, but it's more, I guess it's more awareness for myself because I, I, I realize that I have to take care of myself before I take others, yeah. k- take care of others first. Right. Um, I feel like that's really important. So I'm still learning who I
0: am, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, that's wonderful. yeah, but I, I, uh, it's an adventure. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Before we begin to talk about your book, it's Just Personal, A Personal Chef's Essential Guide to Shopping, Cooking, and Eating Smarter. I have a few questions. I call them warm-up questions. What is to be aware? What is awareness? You just mentioned that, so it came to mind.
2: I think being aware can be being aware of what you need, Being aware of how you feel. I coach my clients to be more mindful uh, when they eat instead of mindless. It could be being aware of what you purchase, being aware of quality versus quantity, you know, sensing and savoring and just paying attention to the whole process. And that could be from what you eat and how you eat it and when you eat it, because I think it's all connected. We can eat something and you know, five minutes later, not even realize that we weren't aware of what we were eating or yeah. how we felt. And so I think that it's important because I think it does affect us and our bodies might not be in that moment, but it, it's definitely if, if you're stressed out when you're eating and you're eating on the run, it's, it's going to eventually catch up to you.
0: Absolutely. Would you say that awareness, mindfulness and being conscientious, they are all the same thing?
2: I definitely think they go hand in hand. I think as I've evolved as a chef, I've understood, I do understand like what that means more because like I said, I think that if you're not aware and mindful, it will catch up to you and it will manifest in different ways in your body. And we do have to take care of our bodies and our minds and kind of goes hand in hand. So true.
0: My next question is about, it's a general question. What is the world's greatest need, in your opinion? Compassion,
2: hmm. empathy. Yeah, I, I would say compassion. I just don't think there's uh, enough compassion. And I think if we all stop and just listen to each other more,
0: We'd accomplish a lot. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, and that's true. If we truly listen, right, mm. we can truly connect. So true.
2: I think a lot of people just need somebody to listen to them.
0: You know, mm. and it's—I
2: I found it in being a private chef because I—I I work in the homes of my clients, and it's a—and it's a luxury price tag, but. I feel that a lot of my clients just sit there and talk to me and they talk and they, you know, they're, they just want somebody. It's just something I've realized that people do want somebody to listen to. Mm, And when you do listen to somebody, they figure out all of their problems and their, you know, whatever answers they, they pretty much know the answers. I think that when you're listening and you're truly listening to somebody, it means a lot and it could be in any situation.
0: I agree. I agree. It's like creating this space for clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. What is your greatest joy?
2: I think that love, like knowing like true love, is a big joy in my life. There's, I definitely have some defining moments in my life. I think that they all come from love, whether it's seeing my niece born, you know, my first niece being born, which always gets me so like <laughs> choked up. Yeah. uh because it was such pure love you know joy was my the day i got married mm. i i i just think moments and i i think realizing those moments and keeping them close to your heart is really important so uh yeah just things coming together and keeping your
0: eyes open is
2: is joyful for me
0: yeah wow what is your definition of love my definition of
2: love <laughs> uh just my heart being full, just something bringing a smile to my face. Little things are love, you know? Yeah. Spending time with my dad is is love. Just knowing that I have so much love in my heart makes me happy. And you know that full feeling? Oh, yeah. You feel like your heart's going (laughs) to (laughs) burst. Yes, yeah. I don't think a lot of people can say that they truly, you know, I don't know, I, I... we need a lot more love in this world. I think everybody gets so caught up in the bad that we don't take time to be grateful for all the, the good and the, the love. It seems like that re- like just lately to me. So um, I try to focus on the, on the love instead of the hate because there's, there's, there's so much hate.
0: I like the way you connect um, love to the appreciation of simple things. And then you also mentioned the word gratitude. Those are very powerful states of mind. Mm. I also love the words you use on your website, chefallen.com. You say live, laugh, love, and eat. (laughs) And I love those (laughs) words. And I have some questions. Um, based on, on those words, and one of which I already asked, what is love, your definition of love? But live, you said live. What is to feel alive? What is to truly live?
2: I think to truly live is to just follow your heart. For me, living is to, I, I feel though I've had many windows of, and I, I kind of define it by windows of opportunity in my life. Things have happened where it scares me. Uh, something's been presented to me. And my first knee-jerk reaction is to say, uh-uh, no way, I can't do that. Mm, right. But I've always thought that if you don't, if a door opens and you don't go through it, then there's regrets. So scared as I've always been when things have happened, and this has been like my stepping stones in my life, I've always gone through it. And I've just, I, I want to see what happens because i I don't want to have regrets, right. and something good has always happened from it. I think living is, even though you're scared, to go through it with a confidence and an open heart. It's like if you, you know, I say if you change nothing, nothing will change. So yeah. um, I think we all have aspirations, and we all have wants and goals. and But if you approach it with passion and love, and, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you go back to whatever it is that you <laughs> want to go back to. right. You know, you can, I remember like going on an interview in Arizona and it was a 24 hour thing. And I I went from New Jersey and I had time to kill and I hiked a mountain and I remember going to the top and just looking out, you know, this beautiful scenery. And all I kept thinking was there's so much out there. Like there's just so much out there that you have to experience. So I would say that that is life, you know, and whatever you do with it
0: or living. Right. I agree. Yeah, I love the way you connect truly living with um, embracing change and the unknown. Mm. What makes you laugh? My husband. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he makes me laugh
0: mm. every day. So I should have asked who makes you laugh.
2: <laughs> it could just, yeah, what he, <laughs> silly things. It could just, you know, I could have the worst day in the world and I come home and my dog and my husband take it all away for the most part. But being with my friends, you know, with good friends make me laugh. You know, laughing Mm -hmm. is important. I think it's very important. It it can take all your stress away in a second. True. Laughing at yourself is important too Mm -hmm. because we're not perfect. And I think that's all part of self-acceptance and,
0: you know, and, and, and change and, Oh, yes, yeah. self acceptance. Um, I think I'll be asking you, I should ask now. So, self love, self care, self love, I think those are components of self knowledge too. And um, what you do has a lot to do with that, with taking care of yourself and self love and self acceptance. How do we know we are there at that point of unconditional self love and self acceptance?
2: Well, I think that, I think it starts with self-care, and it took me a long time to realize that, and that being, like, being a, a caregiver, I think I've always been a caregiver. I was raised by people that take care of other people, and it was just something that was second nature. You know, I always mm-hmm. liked to cook, and and it became a uh, a career for me, and I went through some a time where my own health was com- compromised, and it made me take a step back and realize that a I have to take care of myself, you know. And I I go back to, you know, when the stewardess tells you that you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help somebody else. Right. So I started taking care, better care of myself, and and sometimes it comes across as sounding selfish, but I, yeah. I do really think it's selfless because you, you can get completely burnt out by always being the person that cares for the other person. And it's an, a really important topic to me because it's not like, it's not food and water and exercise. It's, it's like a mind body connection as well. Like it's, you know, accepting who you are and, you know, spending like quality time aligning. You know, yourself, your true self, and, you know, meditating or doing yoga or getting up and going for a walk, like just disconnecting and, you know, checking yourself. And I think that's really important and, you know, staying on top of your health and, you know, not ignoring things that your body is telling you. (laughs) Like, because a lot of, I think a lot of us ignore signs and then all of a sudden, you know, we're like, well, how did this happen to us? Yeah. You know, whether that's like bad, you know, like indigestion or or whatever it is, you know, it could be something simple. And if we practice rituals and different things like, you know, seeing a doctor or eating healthy and not eating processed foods and, you know, implementing different lifestyle changes, you're more aware of your body and your body definitely tells you when something is wrong, like,
0: So it's important to be in tune to that. Wow. I'm wondering, how do we know when we are practicing self-love and not selfishness?
2: Um, I don't. That's a really good question. So, I mean, just being able to take care of yourself and being available. I mean, if somebody needed my help, I Mm, I would be there in a heartbeat. But I, you know, I, I think that if you don't take care of yourself, you're not fully capable of caring for someone else without maybe anger or resentment. Yeah. Or, you know, if you do it in a loving way, then you're truly helping somebody. But if you do it in a angry way or you're obligated, and I think there a lot of, like, resentment comes with that or anger. And so I I think when we're more well-rounded and, and, and trust me, I mean, there's, there's so many things, you know, I, I know that, that everyone is so pressed for time. Uh, like, for example, I mean, my clients say to me, you know, I don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning to go for a run or go to take a class or, you know, for me, I, it, it helps me put my head on straight so I do get up really early because it's the only time I can do that. Or I'll go for a walk after work. But for me, it just, it makes me feel better. And then I approach things differently. You know, it's like walking my dog in the morning. If he doesn't go for a walk, like he's crazy all day. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I think there is a difference between selfless and selfish. You know, the selfish person is the one that's never there. You know, I think a selfless person person would approach something um with more empathy
0: yeah in the end agree. you know because yeah the word i used the word self-love so that already implies that there is love and when you have love to give yeah that's easy mm. to tell you just I mean, you have it to give it's within you right it's tough to be mm-hmm. selfish i think it's mm-hmm. not possible even that's a good point so let's talk about your book. What inspired you to write It's Just Personal? Okay, so
2: in my profession, the question I'm asked the most is how do you cook for other people all day and then go home okay. and cook a good meal for yourself? And me writing that book was my, I wanted it to be approached in a a simple way where where it's not about a diet and it's not about preaching. It, for me, it's about common sense and back to basics so that my book was a, a common sense and back to basic approach on eating healthier. There are no like strict rules and there's, it's just ways that I actually make that happen for me because as a, you know, my reputation is as a healthy chef and I can't go into a client's home and not, 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 be healthy. Like I'm, I'm talking about it and how it's done. And, you know, I want to walk the walk and I do, and I, I do believe in, in what it is that I'm selling. And it is that it's, it's attainable and it's a lifestyle change. And, um, you will feel better when you implement, you know, small changes that it will eventually lead to a habit, you know, a better habit. So that's, why I wrote the book. It was a a very simple approach, and and my you know as I've evolved as a chef, like I still revert back to that common sense. Yeah. Read the labels. If it looks weird, it's probably <laughs> weird. It's probably processed. Stay away from processed foods. Like yeah. you know, mindful eating. All that stuff is uh, all comes together. I think that uh, in my book, I emphasize a lot of you know, guidance and tips, techniques, organization, you know, stock, stocking your pantry and, and making time to to do, to, to prep, like, because preparation is, is key. Like, I don't like it half the time, but I still do it. You know, it's important to me. So yeah. it's, if it's important to me, then um, it makes me feel better. So I'm yeah. not very, I don't want it to be you know if you don't have time for it then okay then we'll try it the next day like you can't be hard so hard on yourself all the time yeah. because that's not going to work if you mess up then that's okay because mm. that's life and you just r- go back to it you know go back to your roots and how you want to feel and and i think that that's more of a um stepping stone for success yeah
0: Yes. Going back to the self-acceptance, self-love, the mm-hmm. mind-body connection. Yeah. Right. I love all that. Um, do you consider yourself a holistic chef? Yes.
2: I'm more of a, uh, I went back to school um, in the, in the last year and a half um, for more of an integrative approach on yeah. nutrition. And um, so that is the mind-body connection because uh When I think of, you know, when I, my book was published, it's more like, okay, like you can do this and you can do that. And, but I believe that, you know, what you eat and what I eat can have two different effects on our body. You know, the, I think that ultimately, and by process of knowing what makes you feel good. Um, I do a lot of, uh, eliminations, you know, with clients that don't feel good or want to eat better, um, you could always uh, eliminate and then reintroduce foods. I try to go um, very um, Mm, plant-based and fresh fruits and vegetables and more awareness about things like that, nutrients. So there's... The the integrative approach and the holistic approach, I think, are important. I think it's on the forefront of healthcare to to be more mindful and to and self-care goes hand in hand with what you eat. Right. So that's how I've evolved as a chef.
0: Why did you decide to become a chef?
2: Uh, it's <laughs> a funny story. So <laughs> I've always been the the kid that's in the kitchen cooking with her mom. Mm-hmm. My mom was a great is a great cook, and um, I we grew up in a very. Um, my mother is Irish and my father is Polish, so um, my mom it was a very like meat potatoes kind mm-hmm. of diet. You know, growing up there was the, those were the staples. So I had a, a my friend um, Adelina, uh, their family very Italian and her mother introduced me to a lot of different fruits and vegetables and pasta and mm. all I ever wanted to do was go home and cook for everybody. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. nutrition became something in my 20s that was more for me like I I got very interested in foods and different foods and I, my first job was in a Japanese restaurant so I was the hostess, but you couldn't find me. I was always in the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) and learning different things. So, you know, eventually uh, I was approached to um, cook for somebody asked me to cook for them. And um, it ended up being a family because I was so into nutrition that they wanted me to come cook for them. So it became a career eventually. And then, uh, yeah, and then I ended up going to culinary school after that. And um, wanted to take it to a whole new level. So uh, I've always been surrounded by food. I have my brother-in-law mm-hmm. owns a restaurant. You know, I I worked in a in a restaurant when I was younger. Different ethnicities, like that's what really gets me excited is is learning about different foods. Yeah. My wow. first client was uh, her mother. She was Lebanese and Egyptian. So when her mother would visit me, uh, would visit us. She would be in the kitchen with me cooking and showing me all the different, you know, Lebanese ways and
0: loved it. I just, I loved being immersed in that. So it's interesting how everything comes together. There's a tendency that you already had to... Um, being around different cultures, help you, your mother, and helping people—it s- it seems like you wanted to help them too. So all mm-hmm. these just came together and became your profession. How wonderful! Who would be the perfect clients, Alan? The perfect clients, <laughs> yeah.
2: Or I think that a perfect client is someone that's open to discussing you know what their current habits are you know and then being open to changing little things here and there and i i definitely have clients like that now because they're i'm still working for them and they're you know i have clients that are still calling me mm-hmm. <laughs> because they you know they're like they say ellen we need to uh we need to get back on track you know mm-hmm. so i think the the openness and the time like devoted to 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 changing is important, you know, not sabotaging completely, because I've had clients that would try to sabotage my efforts. And so I I don't see, it just doesn't become important to me because, you know, I think that
0: you have to be,
2: you know, I I say that I I support clients that are dedicated to feeling their best, so there has to be some dedication.
0: Yes, and I agree. Yeah, I love that word, open-minded. Yeah, that is so important in life to be open mm-hmm. if we want to change and make healthy change, sure. positive change. Sure. Absolutely. Talk to me about willpower and control. Um, you're definitely there's gotta be
2: a a dedication. I I think that if you approach something in a dedicated way, and I offer support. So I always say, Listen, call me anytime you're having a weak moment. But most most clients say, you know, and I and I, one thing I really do emphasize um, because I'm now I'm thinking of somebody who was so afraid. Um, we did a support group with four different people, and to eliminate, you know, some trigger foods or inflammatory foods for three weeks, and she was so worried about going to a wedding in a week and a half, you know, yeah. and. I was like, why are you worried about something that hasn't even happened yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, just stay on track yeah. and follow like an 80-20 rule or a 90-10 rule, like whatever strict you want to be with yourself. But like, if you really want something, then, then you should have it. And mm. have a little bit or have half of it, you know, whether it's coffee or a piece of chocolate. Like, right. make that be your goal. Like, instead of indulging in, you know, what you would usually do, take little steps, because if you're too strict, you're gonna fail. So I said, when you get to the wedding, worry about it then. And she ended up going to the wedding, she's like, I didn't drink, I didn't eat the meatball, it was really good, and she's <laughs> like, and I, but I didn't even want it then. Mm. So, you know, why would you spend so much time worrying about something that didn't even happen yet? So I guess um, being in the moment will will help you, with with the willpower, and then um, I forget what you said. What was the second part? Uh,
0: trying to control ourselves. Oh, I think that tr-
2: the self-control. I I think that, and I you know, I talked about this a lot in my book. Like, you can't be so hard on yourself. Like, you can't be so strict. I think that when you make changes that are positive, that that definitely helps you. Like, you're you're more you're more apt to like make a better choice in the future like you're going on this like better path so you don't want to really go back because you feel so much better and if you do like I mean I had a slice of pizza the other night that was so good like Mm -hmm. I was like oh I haven't had I haven't had this in Mm -hmm. so long but there's I don't think there's anything wrong with uh with like indulging once in a while because Mm -hmm. if you're so strict like then what's the fun of it you know (laughs) I agree (laughs)
0: <laughs> I agree. Um, you mentioned the plant-based diet. Your clients are looking to, most of them are looking to be healthy holistically or to lose weight.
2: I think that I definitely get, appro- I'm approached more to lose weight. Everyone yeah. says they want to lose weight. So, you know, when I did a, a support group a couple of weeks ago, four people, everybody wanted to lose weight. So When we start, you know, and I accept that, but when we, when you, you're in a group and it's supportive and everybody starts to open up and trust each other and, you know, you're in a, in a, in a good space, it becomes more about emotions Mm -hmm. and you figure out triggers and, you know, self-sabotage, you know, why are you eating like that? Or why did you eat more than you wanted to eat? And it becomes a more of an awareness. I'm also, I also work for clients, um, that have to eat healthier because of medical reasons. You know, I helped a, right. uh, a guy who I helped keep him off of dialysis, um, with food. Wow. So, and I would walk in and he'd, he'd be eating a bagel half the time. And I was like, <laughs> you know, that's not yeah. what you're supposed to be eating. But so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm approached two different ways. I think that, you know, everyone thinks if they lose weight, they're going to feel better. I want to bring more an awareness of what they're eating and awareness of ingredients. I always revert back to plant-based because I don't want to call it anything. I don't want to call it. And plant-based has also become very trendy. So I don't like the word diet. I don't like the word, you know, I just, I call it a a lifestyle change. I go back to more fruits and vegetables because that offers more of a, a variety and I'll have clients saying like, I don't even know what a sunchoke was. You know, I don't know what <laughs> the Brussels sprout is. You know, we never, <laughs> know. we never ate that before. So even when working with kids, the family I work for now, they have triplets and the kids are, are definitely eating more of a variety and they're accepting it. And, you know, with children, you have to introduce foods, you know, it can't be once or twice and I'm done. Like you have to introduce it a couple more times and, you know, if they try a little bit or if they help, I always say, you know, come in the kitchen and if they're young, then they're great. They're like little sponges. Like, even if they push the blender, they're more interested, you know? And so if you, I think if you introduce a lot of different things, you know, it works and sometimes it doesn't work. So I believe that people like learn, definitely learn. And then that awareness comes in more and you'll definitely You'll, you'll definitely pick up something and think twice about buying it, you know, whether that's like the quality of the produce or if it's some sort of packaged item, knowing, you know, having more knowledge gives
0: you more power, I guess. I love the way you focus on the benefits of the diet or whatever method it is that we use. So you, that's the awareness of the benefits. Like you said earlier, mm-hmm. it has to make sense. It's common sense. Right, right. And not because it's trendy or because everybody yeah. else is doing around you.
2: Well, I hear a lot of when I go to the gym and I talk to a lot of women and every, or even my clients, a lot of people want to do what everybody else is doing. Oh, right. my friend lost 20 pounds. Right. Oh, my friend lost 30 pounds. I'm like, good for them, you know? But you have to do what's right for you, you know? It, it, some people will go on these crazy diets because. You know, their trainer told them to, and they're miserable. Like, they're just, right. they're, I'm like, you're not even happy. Like, right. what's wrong? You right. know, there's something
0: wrong with that picture. It's not for you, you know. I really love your approach. Uh, and I'm curious to know if you also recommend or you, if you ever talk to your clients about intuitive eating.
2: I think it's important. I don't really get too much into it. I, I definitely feel that you know if it if it works for them then it's then then that's a, a good thing i think whatever response you get from from food it's it's got to be it's personal i think definitely think it's personal
0: And I see that a lot of people don't have, they have not made that connection yet. They they are not there yet. Self-love, self-knowledge, self-awareness and self-everything. So in that case, you come in as that intuition or that inspiration. So that intuition just comes to life. And that's wonderful. You are, in a way, being the guide for that wisdom to come to life.
2: I do call myself a guide definitely say I'm here to guide you, but I don't make any promises because I think that that has to come from the individual, you know, whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you write that down and I will help you and I will guide you the best way I can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I heard the word facilitator too. You're just creating, facilitating that the positive change to happen, right? I'll be asking you a few questions uh, related to your book, and I call them the three-item questions. Okay. So the first one is, what are three items to remove from our kitchen right now? I would say white flour, white sugar,
2: and any sort of hydrogenated oils. No, there's probably
0: more, but... (laughs) That's okay. What three basic strategies can help our children to eat healthier? I
2: think getting your children more involved in what they eat. I think not giving up on having them try new things is also important because they say it takes fift- anywhere from 15 to 20 times for a kid to actually try something and then be more accepting. You know, so patience is important when you're trying to change any habits or introduce foods. I think kids love being involved in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time early in my career with children's groups, whether it were, you know, Girl Scouts or cooking demos. Mm -hmm. And it was the simplest thing, (laughs) like uh, definitely simple. You know, if that's a, a fruit parfait or a smoothie, you know, with, three ingredients. Keep, keep it simple with them is also important. But when, when a child is involved in any process of cooking, and you can have them. I used to give my first client, because <laughs> the kids were always there, they were three years old, and they just wanted to be in the kitchen, especially one of them. I would give them like a banana and a paper plate and a plastic fork And they would just sit there and like cut up fruit and they thought they were making dinner. Like they
0: loved like being involved. It's a great way to motivate them, inspire them to eat. Yeah,
2: it's just like anything positive. I don't think it could. uh, I think you're going in the right direction. Yes, absolutely.
0: What are three of your favorite appetizers? Appetizers? Yeah. Olives. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm a big fan of olives.
2: I love grape leaves. And I, I'm i a big fan of uh, Mediterranean food. So mm. I would say like an eggplant appetizer. Anything that's like creative or innovative, someone takes something to a different level. I love tapas. So, you know, go Good. somewhere and have small plates is a lot of fun
0: for me. What are three of your favorite healthy desserts,
2: Um, healthy desserts. Okay, I love making chocolate, avocado mousse. I make uh, like yogurt with uh, dried mulberries on it and fruit. I'd have to say anything with like chocolate in it. I love dark chocolate.
0: Oh, wow. And that's so healthy, isn't it?
2: And the darker, the better. Right. Yeah, I would say I love key lime pie, but I mean, I try to my thing is I take decadence and I try to make it healthier so if I like show up at your house with like a chocolate mousse it might be avocado mousse (laughs) the crust is probably made out of something healthy but
0: I I try not to tell people because then they get scared Mm, and usually
2: they're very impressed and they love it
0: yeah, without even knowing, that's mm-hmm. so healthy for you. How wonderful. Before I move on, asking you a few more questions, I call them the final questions, um, would you like to add anything?
2: I just, uh, no, I think I'm, I, you, you asked me a lot of great questions
0: that uh, I was that took me off guard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I loved answering them. So, yeah, I love your questions.
0: And I love your answers and your energy, yeah, thank you, Alan. So my last questions. Uh, what is success to you? How do you define success?
2: I think success for me at the end of the day is appreciating the beauty of what I do. I think the the passion my husband always says to me he's like, "Just speak from your heart because you're mm-hmm. so passionate about it like it's it's just it should be effortless because. You do it with such passion. I think that for me has become my success. And then not getting stale and evolving is important because it's like we're always changing, right? And then things change and you either adapt or you don't. It's like getting my father to drink celery juice was (laughs) like a, you know, it was such a feat. But like, you know, now he's drinking it. So I being open is success. You know, there's and I, I yeah, it's it's just uh, diversity and you know appreciation for, for having. I you know my job is 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 different. It's it's often very admired by yeah. people. Yeah. You know, they all say they want a private chef, and I was like, well, think twice about it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> but I also love what I do. But I you know I've I've changed what I do <laughs> as I've gotten older to work better with the way that with my time and because you uh, when you get older you realize that you you know you don't have as much time and or you want more time or whatever it is so for me that success is maybe like that self-love and Mm. self-acceptance and self-care
0: yeah and having your father Drinking the celery juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's success. Believe me, if you knew my father. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny <laughs> and beautiful. <laughs> what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today, Ellen? I think the
2: hardest lesson for me was actually stopping and finding time for myself. Because I did, like, i I feel like I'm always go, 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 go. And... I really had to like stop and check myself. And I still do it, you know, I, but I'm more aware of it. And, you know, the whole day will fly by. And I realize like, I don't sit down or I don't stop and eat. And I had to change a lot of that. So that's definitely important to learn and realize. um, Because you can't keep on giving, 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 giving. And it, you know, I go back to that because it will catch up to you because you're, you end up not loving what you do. You end up being unhappy. You might Mm. be resentful, whatever it is. But, you know, we just to, if we get in the car and just take a drive, you know, for 20 minutes or half hour, spend the day doing something, you know, whatever it is, like that's important. I, you know, I, I do have to spend a lot of time, you know, preparation is important in my line of work, but I think I'm more aware of my time and how important that is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That can change everything, right? Sure. Every every moment, moment by moment. Right. If you knew you would die soon in a sense of losing the body, would you make any change in your life?
2: I probably, I don't know. I guess I would. I think I would make it. And I, and I think this just goes hand in hand with what I was just saying. I would make it more about me. So you know i i don't think that many of us realize how precious the time is that we have and um i talk about it a lot more definitely recently about just being in the moment and every day and being grateful for what it is i have and seeing what's right in front of me and so that's a tough one <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yes, it is. Uh,
2: I always say I want to live in a blue zone where, uh, <laughs> where it's you know, one day I'm I'm just gonna pack it up and leave. So mm. um, I think that 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 uh the quality of life is important to me, very important.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And as you said many times, it's, I think I said too, we have been talking here about. Um, Self love, self acceptance. Yeah, just uh, embracing ourselves more each moment and being the best we can be. Living that balance, I guess. Right? We can still mm. love ourselves, um, give a lot to ourselves, and have enough to give others and the world. Do you believe in life after death? Yeah. What kind of life?
2: I believe that. I believe that there is something. Way bigger than all of us, I believe that there's definitely something else to what's here now and um, I believe that living a a good life and a fulfilling life but a loving life is very important I think that I always uh, when I when my niece was born and I looked at her face and I was there it's like I saw an old friend so
0: mm.
2: I knew her and I and I And it, it was such a defining moment, like where I think that you always, that love was so strong that that's something you'll always have in your heart. So, you know, whether we're here or somewhere else, I think that we're very connected. I think there's people you meet in your life that you feel that connection with. And that's kind of like the spiritualness that I carry. I do, I was raised in a very Irish Catholic family. So you know, there is a promise of something better and fulfilling and, you know, something beyond your wildest dreams, you know, whatever you want to call it. But Mm. I believe that there is something really powerful, whether it's, you know, waiting for us or here now, or we're all interconnected. But, you know, I think anybody that, that we know here, like my dad always says, you're always in my heart. And Mm. I think that do you, when you carry love in your heart like that, like it'll, it always comes back around or it's recycled or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or, you know, like I, I ponder a lot of that. Like, do we, you know, do we learn something in this life and come back and then learn what we didn't learn or, you know, so it's a, a big question. I, I don't know exactly, but I definitely
0: believe. Mm, yeah. You said something interesting, something better awaits us in a way. So I'm wondering if we can experience this something better here and now. Do you think it's possible?
2: Of course, I think it's possible.
0: Mm. Yeah. Right. And through love, what's better than love?
2: What's better than love? Someone gave me, I remember once I was, and I was in my, and it's funny. I just found it yesterday. I was in my 30s. So I'm in my 50s now. This was a while ago. I got my nails done. And I saw on the wall, the, it said God is love. And mm. I love that. Yeah. And I and I told her, I was like, Oh, that's such a nice thing. And she's like, here, then you should have it. Oh, wow. <laughs> she took it off the wall and she gave it to me. That's and amazing. I still have it. And um, mm. I think that that is, you know, whatever your God is, Or your higher power or your belief, it should be love. Like, I think that love, everything comes back to love. Everything, you know, my husband and I didn't get married in a church. And my mom and dad said, But you're not getting married in the eyes of God. And I'm like, Well, if God is love, then love is here, then God is here. (laughs) Like, true. I think we're definitely capable of better, you know, bettering ourselves, of, you know, better life. Yeah. I think that life gets in the way and you know how we live it and so
0: yes i love that too yeah god is love i often say that and and try to make this connection when i talk to my guests Yep. what are three things about life you know for sure um <laughs> <laughs> for sure let me emphasize <laughs> three things i know
2: for sure um i know that i'm a good person I know that that I have a great support system and I know that I'm on the right path for now. And I think that you pretty much know when you're not and when it's, I think when you're uncomfortable, uh, change wants to happen. Yeah. And I think that sometimes you really have to like let it happen because then we're always uncomfortable. And to, you know, to be in the moment and to be, accepting of where you are and there's definitely been times in my life where and I always say like if you if you keep your eyes open and you and you really look around there's so many different things that you really can notice and I think I've had times in my life where I've been so afraid but then something has happened to let me know that I'm wh- where I, exactly where I should be
0: right so true that resonates yeah so true It has been a beautiful, meaningful, and genuine conversation, Ellen. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Valeria. I really enjoyed it.
0: Where can we find more information about you, your books, uh, products, services, and future projects?
2: My website is chefellen.com. I am on Instagram at Chef and I do a lot of my postings there, and whether that's food or health-related information. I've got a lot in the works right now as far as support groups and wellness and figuring out with my new niches and the direction I'm taking with the integrative nutrition but I think it's you know between those between my site and my Instagram account and it's kind of all connects and good things happen
0: Right. You know, I didn't ask you a question. It came to mind now. Do you also help people dealing with uh, eating disorders?
2: I think I definitely, not knowingly, I have. And I think that goes back to emotional eating. And When you listen with an empathetic ear and let someone talk, usually things unfold like that. But I definitely know when to or how far to go and then when to let a professional step in so and that goes with the guidance you know i'm i'm not a doctor i i definitely say i'm more of a guide but i do believe in doctors that there are good doctors out there that genuinely care as well
0: yeah yeah and then like the word you use the term emotional eating yes cuz we often eat emotionally and that's when um things most of the time go wrong <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's great awareness, too, to put out there. So thank you so much again, and I'll talk to you soon, Ellen. Thank you.
1: All right, Valeria. Thank you. Bye for now. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Ellen Postolowski, please visit her website, chefellen.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basin, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Bickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye
1: for now.